Welcome to episode 99 of Hats, Tats, and Sands podcast. This week's episode, EZD is flying solo, and he is going to be talking about the NFC East. Do we have a new beast of the least? Is there teams trying to dig out of the bottom? Can the Cowboys win the division and finally get that next year stigma off their back? All that and more on this week's episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 99 of Hats, Tats, and Stats, as you heard at the start of the show. I am EZD, and I am flying solo this week, and I am here talking to you about the NFC East, one of my favorite divisions to talk about, mostly one of my favorite divisions to talk a little smack about. Uh, You know, this one's interesting. It always is, and we are going to get into it right off the bat here. Uh, first and foremost, I apologize for flying solo. My life has kind of been hectic. Uh, bold claim Ben has moved back in, back into college. So he will be even more hit and miss than he was this summer, but he is heading into a year of college football over there at Alfred state or no, sorry, just Alfred university. He's going to kill me for saying that, but he's, uh, looking to make a splash on the football field. There big diesel has been working his, you know, what's it's off. Uh, the stat man is, busy buried in the world of tryouts in the travel baseball scene and we uh we are on the we are hunting down t-wave we are we are hunting him down we're looking for him and uh you know it's it's been a minute since he's been on the show but that being said it's really you know we're we're trying to find him We're, we're trying to get him on the uh trying to get him back on the show here and he will he will be back i'm told he will be back for episode 100 which is airing on facebook live on sunday uh this coming week sunday the i believe 14th of august yeah sunday the 14th of august at 7 p.m on facebook live you can catch us there for episode 100 as we go into the afc east and our buffalo bills season preview so without further ado, uh, I'm going to, you know me, if, if I'm here alone, I'm trying to keep it short, keep it quick, but uh, we are going to kick it off with the team that in my opinion is probably, okay, We like this is simply on, almost on accident. This has always been the last few years, Dallas's division to lose. And I, I think this year we have a team that has made a splash and enough of a push to maybe maybe have that not be the case. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I'll tell you what, man, they have a lot of talent here. Um, starting in the wide receiver room, trading for AJ Brown, huge splash, huge, huge splash. Uh, at the time, you know, before him, you had Jalen, uh, Jalen Rigor and Zach Pascal potentially fighting for that second receiver spot. And AJ Brown comes in, takes the top receiver spot right off the bat, Devonta Smith is number two, Quez Watkins, number three in the slot there. And I mean, that's solid. This is, this team is athletic and AJ Brown gives them that, that size and that, uh, that, that physicality that I think they were maybe missing a little bit last year. So that, 
I mean, that's huge. And for getting him away from Ryan Tannehill, I hope uh, when we, you know, we talked about that, I don't think Tannehill is the guy, but uh, getting AJ Brown, his, his biggest safety net there off the field in Tennessee is going to be a kind of an eye opener in my opinion, but we are talking about big, big AJ Brown trade here. Uh, he's going to be a force for them, I think. And I think he's going to do really, really well. Uh, offensive line wise, they, I mean, the offensive line was solid last year. And when they made a commitment to actually running the football, it opened up things. And the, the, this team had a few, a few good games down the stretch. They, they made a little bit of a late push. Uh, again, it was kind of in the division that nobody wanted to win. Uh, you know, that's kind of the joke we were making all year long that, you know, the, the NFC East, AKA the, the NFC least is just a division that nobody wanted to win. Nobody wanted to take the crown. And then all of a sudden, two teams were in the hunt, potentially, and one of them could have snuck in a wild card because nobody in the NFC wanted to wanted to make the playoffs, it seemed, last year. So um, Dallas Goddard, an, a solid tight end for these guys. I, I like Goddard. He, I think I thought he stepped up and did well. Jalen Hurts, uh, it's going to be a big season for him. Big, big season for him. Can he be the guy they want him to be? Honestly, I think they've got one of the best backup situations here and for some reason philly's notorious for that right we we all remember big dick nick coming in and doing nick full stuff when carson wentz was on pace for an mvp season full stepped in and just rode it out and ended up winning a super bowl in his stead uh they kind of have i mean i i'm a big gardner Minshew guy right i i think gardner Minshew is a really is a talented quarterback who doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's never played anywhere big um you know his his college stats were almost on par with Baker Mayfield's, if not on par with Baker Mayfield's, but he didn't go to a big school. Um, you know, he or he didn't go to a big, flashy splash school. And then he got he he was on. You know, he was he was a Jacksonville, and nobody nobody gets love from Jacksonville. So uh, he ended up being traded. He's the backup here in Philly now. And Jalen Hurts, you know, had some splashy games last year. Had some, you know, he flashed quite a few times and had some people talking. Um, if he doesn't get the job done or, God forbid, gets hurt, I think they have one of the better backup situations in the NFL with not not just a guy who can go and hopefully not lose, but I think I think Gardner's a winner. I think Gardner is he's a gamer, and I think he's as solid of a backup as you could find in this league because, personally, I think he could be starting on half the teams in the NFL. Miles Sanders, solid, solid in a running game. Kenneth Gainwell, a, a solid Solid number two there. Boston Scott had some, you know, had some solid, um, you know, has had some solid, diff, you know, solid showings from time to time when need be too. On the other side, Fletcher Fletcher Cox getting old. He's getting up there, but he's still getting the job done. Uh, this Jordan Davis kid has made a lot of splash. He's huge. He is absolutely gigantic, uh, and he has. There's a video out there of him if you haven't seen it, of him just bullying somebody on the offensive line to the point where they just keep doing this like backwards hop to try to slow him down. And oh boy, is it dangerous. Uh, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, all solid players to begin with, or uh, uh, all solid as well. Kaiser White, TJ Edwards, uh, and you know Hassan Raddick, the that was the big splash this year for them uh, outside of A.J. Brown. Um, you know, and he's... This guy, I mean, I, I think he's a nice shot in the arm for them here uh, in the linebacking core. They have third-round pick N'Kobe Dean back there. Uh, 
backing up TJ Edwards. I'm not sure if he's slated to start or, you know, it's, it's a little early for all that, but I mean, they've, they've got some talent around here coming up and yeah, they, they could definitely make a splash. Uh, James Bradbury, Anthony Harris, Marcus Epps, Darius Slay, and Avante Maddox. Uh, Darius Slay coming over from Detroit. You know, I listen. There's there's a lot here. There is a lot going on here that you know you could. You, you, this team could could hang. This team could absolutely hang. I think this is a very real uh, a real threat to the Cowboys dynasty, and I don't think it's going to be one that the Cowboys get to just walk through the way that maybe they felt they could in the past. And for, you know, in division play is always tough. Nobody ever walks through anyone. Um, but these guys, I mean, always find a way. And recently, I mean, not just recently, but, but really they, uh, you know, they're, I think they're going to be the biggest threat to the crown that Dallas, I believe Dallas thinks is theirs outright. So, uh, excited to see what they got going on there. And, you know, uh, made some moves and they're they're looking to, to to spike that star power and basically say you know what we're gonna try to trade blows and go toe to toe so uh, we'll see if they can big moves here uh, in New York sorry in New Jersey former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable coming over taking over the reins in New Jersey on the NFC side of New Jersey and uh, he brings over Mike Mike Kafka. For offensive coordinator, Don Mattendale as the defensive coordinator for the new look offense here in New Jersey. Uh, the One of the bigger acquisitions, Tyrod Taylor coming in. Uh, Tyrod just, I, I like Tyrod. I, I feel bad for Tyrod across the board. My man has just never gotten a full tilt shot to start. He started in Buffalo and... Unfortunately, it was kind of a victim of circumstance of, you know, we're, we need a bridge guy. We need a guy who is going to get us to the guy we think is our franchise guy. And Tyrod is a, I mean, he, he's a game manager, right? He's, he's not going to lose you a football game. He's not going to win you one necessarily, or he, he, that was his knock at the time. The bills looked at him and said, Hey, we drafted this kid. We think in the next year or two, it's going to be the kid's team. Um, you know, we're going in a certain direction offensively and they let him go and they said, okay, like go, go start and be and play somewhere. And where did he go? He went to the Browns where they said, okay, we drafted a guy, but we need a, we want him to, to, to watch the NFL. We want him to be on the sidelines for the NFL games until he's ready. So they brought in Tyrod and Tyrod got his bell rung. And next thing you know, Baker starts, and that was the end of Tyrod in Cleveland. Then he goes to San Diego, and they drafted a kid named Justin Herbert. Sorry, uh, the San Diego slash L.A. They drafted a kid named Justin Herbert. And before he starts a game, like 10 minutes before the game, Tyrod, a little banged up. You know, he, he took, took, took a shot, and his ribs were a little bruised. So they went to give him a cortisone shot to, you know, relieve the pain, some of the swelling. And the doctor, who should never operate or touch another human being ever again, punctured his lung. And Justin Herbert took the reigning defending AFC champions to the brink and almost beat them. And the rest was history. Now it's Justin Herbert's team. I believe he did some time with Houston last year and again got beat up, got banged up. And as it turned out, um, they had a pretty solid rookie quarterback over there. Now he's on the other side of the coin. 
Daniel Jones drafted in 2019 first round pick. Okay. Danny Dimes has been incredibly average. All right. Like, like exceptionally average. Sometimes he's out there and he looks like he can get the job done. Other times he's out there tripping over his own two feet when he's on an 85 yard sprint to the end zone and he finds a way to trip over his own two feet and not get it done. Uh, Danny Dimes, you are probably the quarterback on the hottest of hot seats this season. Uh, and I mean, it's already come out once in camp that he got pulled, went over to the sidelines, got ripped by Dable for a play and then was sent back out. And I'll tell you what, man, um, Brian Dable's offense, if you can learn it and wing it, you know, it, it, Josh Allen credits a lot of his development to Dable's offense. Uh, Mitch Trubisky in a preseason game last year looked like an all pro shredding the bears defense who was no joke. Uh, you know, they weren't the bears defensive lore, but they didn't, they weren't terrible by any means either. And, you know, so they got, if Danny dimes is struggling with that, it, it would not be too long until Tyrod is in there. And, uh, then of course, you know, making the smart move, bringing over Davis Webb, who is also well-versed in his system and what he wants to do, you know, and, and if you believe for two seconds that he didn't bring him over, bring over Kafka, who, you know, I mean, these guys know the system. They know what he's looking to do. This guy, I mean, he's looking to make a splash. He's looking to have this offense, you know, on point and up to par. And if Saquon, if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, he's going to have the best running back he's ever had running his offense. Oh, and he brought over Matt Breda from Buffalo as an unrestricted free agent after last year as well, because he's looking for a guy again, who knows the offense just in case Saquon goes down and can spell Saquon. And Matt Breda had a couple, you know, had a couple solid seats, you know, a couple solid showings. Oh, he also brought over John Feliciano, uh, the bills, a starter for the Bills. He's played. He's listed as a center, playing center this year. He obviously there were some issues, you know. There was, uh, and we'll get to that. But you know, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, both solid players. One uh, Dale Robinson coming in, second round pick. He's listed. Uh, their their three starters are listed as Galladay, uh, Tony, who splashed a little bit last year, and Robinson with Sterling Shepard. Uh, kind of the odd man looking in here, and that that's going to be tough. You know, this offensive line is fairly young. You got a couple uh, couple draft picks from 2020 in here. Feliciano uh, coming over, and then they got Mark Lewinsky from, in, uh, from Indy, and then they drafted with the first round Evan Neal. So, I mean, they're looking to make this offense make a splash. Uh, they're probably their softest spot, I think, is tight end with Daniel Bellinger listed currently as a starter, uh, a 2022 fourth-round pick. And, I mean... This is a solid build so far. This offense does not look terrible. Defensively, uh, I mean, not awful. Not a whole lot of guys you're going like, oh, damn. But, uh, you know, first-round pick, Kayvon Thebidou, uh, looking to come in and, and, and be a guy for them here and really, you know, pressure the quarterback, which if you can pressure the quarterbacks in this division, you're going to have a shot, right? I mean, you know, making, making Dak play under pressure has been – you know, one of two things happens. He either finds a way to beat you or you find a, find, you find a way to beat him up. And, you know, that's really what they're going at there. Uh, Tay Crowder, not a bad, you know, not a bad little player there. Blake Martinez, you know, this is probably, their defense is probably going to be a little soft. So that offense is going to have to click. 
And that's where we start running into the question mark. Okay. On paper, Galladay, Tony Robinson, not a bad receiver room. Bellinger, rookie tight end. Who knows? All right. They also got Jordan Atkins, Jeremiah Hall, Andre Miller, and Austin Allen. They threw a lot of, they throw three undrafted uh, rookies in that tight end room. And then an un, a, a Jordan Akins, uh, who was an unrestricted signing from Houston. They are going to find the guy that works. They're going to find the guy that, that that makes sense there for them. And then now we and we talked on two point conversation uh, about you know taking stock in what you hear coming out of camp. John Feliciano throwing hands again. Fights happen, right? If you've never played football, you don't understand the, those, those long hot summer days. They tempers flare. People get irritated it is what it is right you 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 move on you get a little you get a little annoyed and you get yeah you, know, you you throw hands you scrap a little bit a little dust up you move on uh this one sounded like feliciano got so angry that he threw hands after everything was done and the dust up was over so that's not good uh danny dimes getting pulled and getting scolded in the middle of first team reps not a good thing and there's video coming out of of Danny Dimes looking, you know, doing his best Nate Peterman impression with some of the balls he's throwing on these stop routes. Uh, and then it comes out that he hit a, and I'm pretty sure this was shown to be true, that a, that a ball that he threw hit a special needs child on the sidelines. Not a great look, Dimes. Not a great look, buddy. Uh, I, if anything coming on, if half of that is true, all right, if the bad pass if it's consistently been bad, if him getting pulled and the the dust up and everything that kind of happened that was really more reported on because it was kind of a double dip, one instance turned into two different uh, two different scuffles. Things aren't pointing in the right direction for uh, Mister Dable's first year, but you know you got to think he's trying to be going to be looking for his quarterback of the future if it ain't Danny Dimes. So uh, we'll see what's go what happens there. I think there's a lot of promise here. You know, we've seen Dable's offense work in the NFL. It's not so, you know, but do, do do good coordinators translate to good head coaches? Uh, looking at, looking at you, Matt Patricia. Looking at you, pretty much all of Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Not necessarily, right? Not necessarily. So we'll see what goes on there. We'll see how things uh, how things pan out. And uh, yeah, I mean, when Tyrod Taylor, when you're when you're as far away as they were last year, and Tyrod Taylor's your big splash. Yeah. So, uh, moving on the the team that I think people expect the most from Michael Gallup or my, Jesus Michael Gallup, um, the Dallas Cowboys. Big one of the big acquisitions here is uh, Michael Gallup. They ended up losing Amari Cooper. Um, they traded him to Cleveland, and <laughs> uh, they. Uh, uh, Okay, so here we go. They were looking to hopefully keep both Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. Wilson went to Miami. Uh, they ended up get uh, they did end up getting Gallup back, and what ended up happening when is to replace him. They have Gallup and they have Ceedee Lamb. They they drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round. Third and fourth and fifth round receivers can be scary because you don't necessarily know what they'll turn into with high end, high level training and production, right? 
Uh, does is he going to replace Amari Cooper? Is he going to replace Wilson? I don't know. He, I mean, bare minimum, he probably can replace Wilson. I know they liked Wilson last year, but right, um, Tyrone Smith, Tyler Smith, first round pick. Uh, Ty, so Tyrone Smith, the first round pick in 2011, get a little old at left tackle there, but still, still getting the job done. Tyler Smith, a 2022 first round pick at left guard. Uh, Tyler Bayadaz, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele rounding out the rest of the offensive line. Dalton Schultz uh, had some good, you know, splashy play here and there for the uh, for the Cowboys the last couple of years. I don't mind Schultz. Do I think he? I mean, he's he's your good, he's your solid average tight end, right? He's your solid average guy that can go out and get the job done a little bit. Uh, they drafted Jake Ferguson in the fourth round. Uh, Dalton himself is a fourth round. Who knows? You know, teams teams drafting depth versus teams drafting deep and getting talent, uh, that's in your scouting department. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about many scouting departments outside of Buffalo. I do know that Buffalo hits and hit, you know hits deep in the draft regularly, and we'll talk about that more next week. But uh, the tight end spot probably might be a little bit little bit lacking, a little bit weak here in in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know he he got he got paid. It's time to show up and it's time to show out. Uh, Cooper Rush, Will Greer, and Ben Ben Denucci backing him up. Uh, I mean it's it's got to be Dak, right? Dak's got to be the one to get it done. There's there's no real backup game here. The last two teams we talked about have at least somewhat somewhat competent. Uh, Cooper Rush didn't look terrible. But he's not Dak. Will Greer, not Dak. Ben Ben DiNucci. One good game. You know, there's kind of the legend of Ben DiNucci. Uh, you know, Ben DiNucci may as well be Mike White, right? So uh, if it's not Dak, really the, the key in this offense is keeping Dak healthy and keeping Dak upright. Uh, we've seen that, you know, guys can have a little bit of success, but Dak is the one that drives the ship. The big news here, I don't know if you guys have seen it, Zeke, buddy. I know the th- I know the phrase is let Zeke eat, but Zeke sometimes you got to put the fork down, my man. Uh, Zeke's starting to look a little bit more like me than a than an NFL running back in this day and age. Uh, hopefully, he cuts that during camp and you know can really trim down a bit. Uh, if not, Tony Pollard is going to have huge, huge fantasy value this year for uh, for those of you who play the 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 Devils game. And uh, behind that, there's a big drop. So, uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard, the two headed monster there that they, and there there's talk that they want to extend Pollard. They like him. You know, he's a 2019 pick. They, they want to extend him for a couple more years, but, uh, you just paid Zeke. There's a lot of money tied up there. There's a lot of money tied up in Dak. There's, you know, um, you know, you, you just brought Gallup back and because you lost Cooper, you know, how much money is going there? How much money is tied up in some of these other guys? Trayvon Diggs is going to want to get signed. Uh, defensively here, Demarcus Lawrence, Gallimore, Obagazua, Armstrong, solid across the board. Uh, Dante Fowler came over from Atlanta hoping to get a little, uh, you know, a little life back in his career. They got, they drafted Sam Williams in the second round to back up Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, they had some injuries along the defensive line last year, which moved Micah Parsons, who is their weak side linebacker. They brought him down into more of a defensive end role for three games last year, letting him kind of use his pass rushing prowess off the edge to you know disrupt and be part of that. Um, so bringing over 
Fowler and drafting Sams is hopefully their way of saying we want Parsons to actually play more linebacker than than edge, uh, running a four three. You don't necessarily want your your one of your better linebackers to have to come down into the box and you know put his hand on the ground there. But you know you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch up the middle, solid player, one of those pluggy middle linebacker types. Anthony Brown. Um, oh, so they 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 run more of a big nickel uh, from what this looks like. So Parsons and Van Der Escher, you guys, they have Anthony Barr on the pup list currently, but he fits into that fold as well. So he can plug in where Parsons bumps down. Uh, and then, you, you know, now you're talking about potentially moving Armstrong or Fowler to the inside with Parsons coming off the edge. You know, there's a lot of a guy like Parsons, you know, you've heard me in the stat man argue about it back and forth a few times. He's the kind of guy that gives you some plug and play advantages, some matchup nightmare problems and, you know, things of the sort. So uh, hopefully that's something that they can kind of come across and figure out there. Um, you know, Anthony Brown, Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker. Jordan Lewis, they have Duran Bland, the fifth round pick behind behind uh, behind him, and really Trayvon Diggs, the pick six machine. You know, but the the issue there is, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs splashed. You know, a lot of picks, a lot of pick sixes, but the problem is he does that. That happens because he jump, he tries to jump routes for the big splash play, and that means my man gets torched. Uh, another story again. You, you can only put so much stock in what's going on at camp right now. And what you see being put out by the people at camp, but there was, uh, you know, when you're when you're top end corner who is Mister Pick City, and you know any other, I mean, how how much deeper do you really want to dive into that? You know, when, when that dude shuts down his social media because of how much he's getting smoked by rookies, undrafted guys, um, you know, by the likes of guys like Dontario Drummond. <laughs> Ty, Ty Freifogel, um, maybe even Cavante Turpin and Dennis Houston. Yeah, uh, yeah, the whole lot of who. Hold on, I'm sorry. Who 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 are you talking about there? Yeah, when you're getting torched by those guys on double moves, uh, you'd probably shut down the social media to give yourself a little freedom uh, and a little uh, just walk away from the anger of potential fans and stuff. But, you know, if he can, I mean, Trayvon, I mean, the thing we got to remember here, Trayvon Diggs was a receiver by trade for a long, long time in his, his career here. And he moved to corner because he basically was told in college, like, listen, you can either sit and wait to play as a receiver and hope in the one, maybe two years that you get a shot with who's in front of you, or you can start tomorrow as a corner. And he went to his, his brother, uh, talented receiver named Stefan Diggs and said, what do I do? And he said, well, I guess we're going to guess you're going to be playing corner, huh? And so, I mean, yes, he can read routes. He can pick the ball. He can catch it and run. He can make people miss. I mean, he's dangerous, but he's also going to get torched from time to time playing that way. And that's something that he's got to develop in his game. Uh, if he's anything like the other Diggs in the family, he's going to work his tail off to be better at it. And I hope he does because he's fun to watch. Uh, especially when he's when you can ball hawk the way he can, so hopefully you know he gets uh, he gets a little bit better, or he gets a little bit more consistent in coverage. Uh, this right now, as it stands, the Eagles do do pose a threat here, but in my opinion, this is the Cowboys' division to lose as it is. Um, you know they they stay healthy on offense and they do they play average on defense. I think they take this division. 
And really, I mean, they could take this division by going five and one, splitting with the Eagles, and then it comes down to how they fare against the rest of the league. So that could be a very, very interesting turn of events, uh, should that be the case. I can see the, them and the Eagles splitting the series this this year uh, and then beating both the Giants. And the next team I'm going to talk about, ye old Washington Commanders. Oh, man, that doesn't even sound right coming out. But uh, I think both... Those two teams get swept by the other two, and then the Eagles and the Cowboys might fight to a split. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how that goes. And uh, now moving on to the the Washington Commanders. That, that name will never sit right with me. That's never going to be something I'm going to get comfortable calling them. I don't need to be calling them the other one, like the traditional name, the, the historical name. I'm not going to even go there. It was my high school mascot, for Christ's sake. But, you know, we're talking about a team... The Washington football team, that was great. Like that, that, that wrote itself. The marketing wrote itself. Who are you guys playing today? The Washington football team. Who won? The Washington football team. Like it, that, that was great. And it, it was close to the anagram for WTF. Like, you know, whenever I saw WFT, I was like, that says what the. No, it doesn't. Never mind. Um, and then you went with the commanders. And the worst part is it was supposed to be this huge thing. It was supposed to be a secret. And then you leaked it. Because your 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 marketing team and whatever like bought the rights to the like you know www.washingtoncommanders.com and commandersfootball.com and all this other stuff and when you typed it in it, it connected to the Washington football team website like you already bought all those things before you announced it so people were like yep it's the commanders. In my opinion, you get an off-season F for the name alone. Then you went and, oh my God, the, the Colts won this Carson Wentz trade so bad. Um, so this was brutal, right? Um, so they couldn't get Russell Wilson. They weren't in on Deshaun Watson, which would have, like, being the team with Deshaun Watson would have been just as much a Washington move as it, as it is a Cleveland move and what they're dealing with there. Um, they sent picks to the Colts to eat Wentz's contract. And then, so that left the Colts without a quarterback. And then they went, the, like, the Colts went and got Matt Ryan. Upgrade. Colts, Upgrade. Holy crap. <laughs> like, this whole thing, you like, uh, could have been Tyler Heineke. Well, okay, let's go with uh, Russell Wilson. Couldn't get him. Couldn't get Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know what? We need a guy, so let's go get Wentz. And not like there, there's all kinds of crazy allegations coming out of the front office about stuff and you know, the whole, that whole Gruden thing is going to come back and bite him in the tail. Oh, what's, what was their win? Well, J.D. McKissick signed with the Bills, then decided to go back to the Commanders. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is something. Uh, I tell you what, I, let, let, let's go through it here. So the reports coming out of camp so far is that Carson and Scary Terry McLaurin, are not gelling. They're not jiving. Uh, They're not doing well together as of yet. 
They have first-round pick Jahan Dotson coming in on the other side. They got Curtis Samuel from Carolina. This offensive line, I mean, Trey Turner from Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh offensive off Pittsburgh's offensive line was okay. You got a guy from Jacksonville. I don't know if that's a brag. I don't know. This is the whole lot of I'm not sure. Uh, Logan Thomas is good if and when he can play. John Bates, yeah, that's a that's a who. Yeah, he was a fourth round pick last year, and then they got a fifth round pick behind him. Uh, behind Carson is Tyler Heineke, and then Sam Howell, who was a fifth round pick this year. Who I mean, at this point, just give him a shot if that's you know. And really, okay. So then the big, the big nod here, the big, you know, yeah, you got Antonio Gibson who's solid, and JD McKissick who came back, and then a third round running back. Third round running backs are high value. I like taking, I like taking those guys there. Uh, this offense looks potentially anemic. I mean, Carson Wentz did not look great in in Indy last year, and if there was a team you were going to be able to ride the rest of the roster to a successful season. It was with Indy and not with Washington. That is for damn sure. There is no chance in anyone's imagination that you have a shot to do better with this offense than you did last year with Indy. Uh, Running back room goes to Indy. Aside from Terry McLaurin and the unknown of Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver room, in my opinion, I think, maybe about par, but probably out of sheer experience, goes to Indy. The offensive line goes to Indy. Okay, defensive line. On paper, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Duran Payne, and Montez Sweat. Great. They have F.A. Obata. They have a second-round pick in Federian Mathis. Um, I mean, behind their two defensive tackles. That's not a bad crew right there. They looked like Swiss cheese last year for some reason. Chase Williams or Chase Young still on the pup list currently, which means if it were to start today, James Smith-Williams or Casey Tuhill would be your starters there. But I mean, come on guys, like this is not it, it like those dudes looked bad last year. They looked beat up, they looked banged up, they looked lethargic. Chase Young didn't look like half the force he was the year before. Uh Jamin Davis, first round pick last year on the outside, uh Cole Holcomb, fifth round pick in 2019 up the middle and Kendall Fuller as the uh Oh, sorry. They they do the same thing. They run more of the big nickel as a base. So they have Kendall Fuller, Cameron Curl, Bobby McCain, William Jackson the third, and Ben Saint Just or Juste as as their their secondary. So really, if that I mean, not a whole lot to call home home about on the back eight there, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, on the back eight. Uh, so if those front four don't hit home or aren't getting the job done, the back end's going to be in trouble because, I mean, and really that's that's what happens, right? That That is how this whole thing works on this team. Those front four are supposed to disrupt and disturb and cause problems and issues and create chaos to let the iffiness of the linebacker room and the unknown of your secondary be hidden a little bit better. Uh if they look anything like they did last year, that front four didn't get the job done. Uh, the commanders are going to be, in my opinion, really fighting hard to be the bottom feeders of the division with the uh, 
with the Giants here. And I mean, I, I off the top of my head, no, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to take the time to look it up. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure what exactly they gave up, but imagine tanking this year again, getting another top end pick. But oh wait, you gave it. You just gave it to the Colts. That would suck. That would be a very Washington football thing to do. Uh, and I think at this rate, we should just see the the Browns front office and the Commanders front office get together and say, "Okay, come up with what you believe the best football decision would be, and we'll judge on which one's worse." And it would be, just be a fun game show. But uh, that, uh, I mean, and, and so in my opinion, I think you're going to have the Cowboys barely squeak it out to win the division. The Eagles hot on their tail and possibly talking about a wild card spot. Then the Giants and the Commanders, that's my take on the NFC East and how they're going to land. Um, do me a favor, guys. Head over to our Facebook page. Just type in Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast. Like, follow, share, tell your friends. Episode 100, AFC East Preview, Bills Preview, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Facebook Live. We'll be streaming myself, the Statman, T-Wave, and Big Diesel all will be in the house doing the thing. Kind of a little fun round robin. I will be leading the discussion and mostly letting the boys do the talking from there. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. I I have a feeling having Big Diesel and Statman on will be fun with the positionless football debate that will probably happen. Uh, The debate on whether or not Tremaine Edmonds belongs on the Bills and in the conversation of of a solid middle linebacker, starting middle linebacker. And I'll tell you what. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time, and I am looking forward to it. I was building out the the stream platform today before I got on. So uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Hats, Tats, and Stats brought to you by Buffalo Freddy, www.buffalofreddy.com, 716-4-FREDDY for all your party rental needs. You'll hear the uh, the full shtick at the end bumper there. And uh, take a look over at Imagine Pack for all of your uh, wholesaling needs. I'll get a little bit more better uh, description on that for you guys, but, uh, mafia or they, they did sell the mafia pack. You guys saw, saw our social media promoting those things left and right. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're going to check out imagine pack for all your corporate needs and stag pack for all of your groom money making raffle materials, www.imaginepack.com and www.stagpack.com. Check those guys out. Find them on social media as well. Buffalo Freddy, Stag Pack, Imagine Pack, and Mafia Pack. As always, like, follow, share, subscribe. Hats, that's that's part of the BICBP Radio Network. www.bicbp-radio.com. Podcasts for everyone on the BICBP Radio Network. And with all of that being said, on behalf of myself and the rest of my absentee co-hosts this week, thanks for tuning in, guys. And as always, go Bills. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.